Welcome to Speak Sex. I am your host, Eve Eurydice. Um, I am a Greek from the island of Lesbos, where the lesbians come from. And I've been working with sexuality, words and images my whole career, and giving ourselves permission to find the language of sex that's authentic to us and speak it without, uh, you know, judgment, stigma, fear, all of that. Um, so today's guests are a Miami photographer, artist, and two uh, dancers. I am very happy to have you here, guys. Thank you for coming. And they will be, they are part of this uh, project that Matteo is shooting. Does he have a name, the project? Yes, with uh, I'm calling it Isochronal Influences. Uh-huh. And what does that mean? It's uh, an isochrone is uh, it's points on a map, right? Uh, where all possibilities are always possible, uh, and there's energy that radiates from an an origin, and it reaches every one of those points at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a liminal space where mm. possibilities are endless. Mm-hmm. And the bodies are shot in nature, so they kind of like merge with trees, right? Correct. So I limbs and and branches, and then human limbs and branches. Yeah. So I I juxtapose the the human form within nature, and I add the element of color and geometry uh, to create a, a dialogue between. Uh, the structure of geometry and the organic form of the human body. Mm-hmm. And I hope you're referring to like sacred geometry too. Yeah, there's a there's a little bit of uh, of influence, right? Because geometry gets interesting when it's mystical, also. Oh yeah, and yeah, geometry and it relates to math and it composes the universe. Right, it composes the mysteries of. Everything. Um, well, having seen you know samples of, of that uh, project, w- what I love is that the human form and uh, you know our brother and sister tree form kind of like overlap. So you know it feels like we are the same. Like we feel their life, and we also feel our you know roots and sap and. And that's what I, I found most interesting in moving, how, you know, we kind of like come from nature and are m- most at home in nature. Well, right? yeah, I, I always find that to understand ourselves better, we should look at nature and how it operates. Because uh, nature... She. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, how she yes. operates. Right. Yeah, nature... Said it right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nature acts on pure instinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's pure. I mean, I think that that's like what we're here to discuss in a sense that that's actually the purity, that instinct of nature. But, you know, man came in and in order to control nature, you know, including like, you know, motherhood and all that stuff, um, he removed the purity from nature and turned it around. Yeah, right? And then we've been taught, no, nature is like dirty and pure. Yeah. What's pure is your freaking mind, which is how they control us, right? With these like structures that they've made. For sure. So by going back to nature, you take back that power. Mm -hmm. That's our true power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, doing that photo shoot in the 
in the forest that time it's funny because he was just showing me these pictures before we came over here today i haven't seen them in a while since the day that we shot them and it's crazy what he did with the picture and the fact that he you know multiplied everyone because he multiplied everyone and everyone's like a double and it's super cool to like see how it morphs into nature and even though the colors in it are standing out it seems like it's all one right so you can't really see what underneath the the material you can't really see what everyone's doing but all of the movements and all of the shapes from the elbows to like the hips and then the feet with the limbs sticking out it all looks like it looks like it should be there which is weird because the colors stand out but yeah the color it, stands a cohesiveness out yeah. about it yeah. there's definitely cohesiveness yeah. about it i would be interested not that you know in any way i want to like uh, edit your work but i would be interested in seeing colors that replicate the you know, existing colors in the forest. So, like, the same greens and tans and browns and see what, you know, how that yeah, works. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, like, another step to the right. to the project. But, Predicted yeah, I it. like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like using uh, contrasting colors uh, because there's always contrast in life. Uh, and to understand one thing, you have to look at it from a, a different perspective. Uh, but... Mm-hmm. In in this sense, uh, I I love using the the colors because colors influence our decisions and mm-hmm. our emotions and, and how we feel uh, and how we direct our movement through life. Uh, mm-hmm. And through the use of these colors, you you emulate uh, some sort of feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. I feel that, I don't know if you guys agree, that if there is an original sin, it's that we've separated um, ourselves or God, separated God from nature, and by default separated, you know, our religion, our sense of ourselves from nature. So, you know, going back, so speaking sex is one of the ways of like kind of go back to it. Um, so how do you guys um, feel about, I mean, I'm interested in this a lot, how it feels for you to work with your body, to speak through the body. Um, and I, I understand to a degree there is choreography, but it's also you and your spirit and your soul. And um, what's the difference between rehearsing um, and actually being there in front of the, you know, seated audience who are not moving, who, you know, whose bodies are not participating. And so that creates like that distance, right? And they are representing the gaze. Um, and the gaze is very much a part of your artistic expression. Like it, it only works while it's seen, right? So um, are you aware of that? Um, do you feel like you can in some way, the way by, by moving a certain way, kind of like control or affect, you know, how you're seen, make yourselves more you? I think that in my experience um, with dance, I've always, Dance has been something that, oh, and I'll answer your question about commercial dance. Mm, so yeah. at New World, we've trained in ballet and modern mostly and a little bit of jazz. But hip hop hasn't really, isn't really in our curriculum much. Mm-hmm. I do that more in the outside and that's where I started to dance. Mm-hmm. More of like 
just street dances and dances that are like um trending and that's all what i grew up into and then mm-hmm. i wanted to take it seriously and that's when i mm-hmm. got into um technique classes and things like that and even to this day going back to when i first started dancing and why i did it i've always it's hard to put yourself in someone else's choreography i always think it's hard unless their movement blends in with the way that you like to move the way mm. you like to move your body because mm. it's all about comfort right and once mm. you get used to once you get comfortable with moving a certain way and you're now in the space of someone else's movement and someone mm. else's choreography it's harder to tie yourself into it mm. so you have to use imagery you have to imagine where you're a space where you're comfortable so you can you know your mind i always say that your mind in like the technique dance world, your mind controls your body. Mm-hmm. But then when you're moving freely, you know, when you go home and you just feel like grooving and you put on some music and mm-hmm. you just let your body move, that's when your mind separates. And mm-hmm. that, that's when I think the best feeling of dance comes in. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, when you're in class and you're focusing too hard on moving your body it hurts it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel good your joints hurt you feel your knees you feel your hips and then your mind just starts to go different places but it's so crazy to even think about to this day you know when i still improv in my room or at the gym it doesn't hurt it just feels good Mm -hmm. so how do you get yourself in that space you know, how do you get yourself in that same space while doing someone else's choreography or on a performance or with these people just watching you? Mm-hmm. Um, our studio, actually, the same place that we dance is the same place that we do concerts. Mm-hmm. So it's a very intimate setting. It's really close, actually. If I'm dancing right here where like the cabinet starts in the back of the kitchen, probably is where the first person, mm-hmm. the first row of people mm-hmm. sit. And so it's like four feet. Yeah, it's like very close. It's very intimate and you actually see their faces. It's not like when you're in a big um, auditorium or anything. Mm-hmm. You see it pretty close. And my first couple performances, it was pretty intimidating. Mm-hmm. But um, once you get used to it, you know, the lights kind of blur everything out. I just mm-hmm. try not to think about it. <laughs> and I, I try to to cut them out because it's not about them. It's about us and it's about the way we do it and what they really perceive um about our dance or if they understand it if they don't understand it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. because they'll think about it at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know it's like when you have a conversation with someone and they don't understand your point and it kind of gets frustrating at least you know that when they walk away they have thought it like you know that it's in their mind even though they don't agree they heard you and they're gonna think about it so mm-hmm for me, um, working with my body has been something that uh, I haven't come to think of as working with my body until very recently. Um, you know, when I started dancing, it was just like highlight. It was just like an escape, you know. You get out of your troubles. You just feel mm. good while you're doing it. Mm. The endorphins kick in. You feel safe. You feel comfortable. Mm. And, you know, as you gain knowledge of what type of dances are there, you shape your your career, you shape your path, and, you know, you, you can do whatever you want. You can specify in something. You can be a jack-of-all-trades. Um, but working with the human body is is really a wonderful, powerful, vulnerable thing that um, a lot of people take for granted. And um, for me as a performer, one of the things that is very, very hard is to just be as vulnerable as you can to receive whatever information you're getting from the choreographer or um, 
finding a way of communicating, you know, whatever things, you know, your story, your, the heartbreak, somebody else's story in, in a way that people can identify to some point in their own personal experience. You know, mm -hmm. you want to, you want to create that, um, relationship where this, I feel like this could have happened to me or this mm -hmm. did happen yeah. to me mm -hmm. or I can see how this could happen to uh, other people that are surrounding me. So for me, um, I've always, I haven't always been great with my words. So, you know, ever since I was a kid, like dancing was just the way to just like get it out. Mm -hmm. Um, now coming out of college and like, realizing that you know the the entertainment industry is very much all about the looks and the superficial and the blind the blind the blind Typecasting. now you start feeling a bit more self-conscious if you want to call it self-conscious self-aware of of your body and how how you're you know other than being vulnerable you're also like exposed you're also exposed so it's Yeah. It's kind of like a give and take. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard because you have to know your body so well that you can morph your body into another person's work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. you have to know what your body can do or can't do or what it's strong and uh, its strength points and its weak points in order to morph your body the correct way into another person's work or not the correct way, but the way that they want their work to be perceived or they want their work to be, you know, Mm -hmm. exhibited mm -hmm. yeah and for me as a photographer uh i'm i am the audience mm. and yes you are yeah and and working with uh with dancers uh, such as these two individuals uh i always start by conversing with them and and allowing them to to free flow to improvise mm -hmm. movement mm -hmm. uh, because it's not just my work it's a it's a dialogue it's a right. communication right. between right. myself and and the dancers right. uh so i feed off of their energy yeah. and see how how they move and express themselves, how they relate to one another. And mm -hmm. we go back and forth in yeah. this communication. What's the, the outlook of, uh, of the project going to look like? Yeah. And yeah, the collaboration between. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I, the reason that I uh, kind of flinched at the word commercial <laughs> mm. um, is, you know, for me at least as a creative, and I think like for most of the people in my tribe our tribe um you know commercial is the enemy it's like you know capitalism or you know corporations or i mean like we all of course you know need money unfortunately like unfortunately <laughs> yeah i know but um the powers that be the ones who have the money and give the money are co-opting right so um It's kind of a fine line. I mean, there you go. Like, you're a creative artist. You know, Mateo, you are, you, you know, you're not like a commercial photographer who does magazine spreads. And that's a choice, which I personally respect, right? And part of the choice is you don't want to objectify the body. And you don't want to like repeat the cliche that will sell some goddamn perfume or, yeah. I don't know, overpriced luxury, whatever, vest. Um, it, you know, In order to find truth, we gotta kind of get out a little bit of the corruptive, you know, power of money. Um, and so, 
I, I feel like, you know, is artist, and that's why I asked about the male gaze, right? The, the male gaze, like let's say capital M, capital G, objectifies the body. You know, it wants to turn it into porn, if it yeah. can. Um, and there are so always funny. people who will like do that. No matter how you work, no matter what you look, how, you know, unusual or like in your face or whatever you do, you know, if, if they, you know, th there will be that aspect. Um, yeah, on that route, uh, it's the commercial world uses the body to, to catch your attention and right. lead you to something else. So like you said, a product or, or something else, but it, it, it uses the body. Exactly. Uh, and whereas in the fine art, uh, my work and I, I focus on the body, like the, right. the body is what's important. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's why I, you know, I feel that as the, you know, as the dancer, um, you know, you bring your body out and you try. I mean, I, I am not a dancer. I would find it very difficult to do this, uh, performing, because I imagine that performing, uh, you have to get your mind out of the way. You know, like when I dance just for myself, I am not even conscious, really. Yeah. It's just you and the music, right? Mm -hmm. But if I were dancing for an audience, I would be conscious of not wanting them to objectify me because I'm, you know, that's like my only agency. Yeah. Um, you know, of, of not, um, you know, not giving them what they're familiar with enough to, you know, turn it into like, uh, whatever, you whatever know, they want to, on or to something. Sell something. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Um, and like a lot of the original traditional dances, you know, like ballet. Yeah. They like deformed the body. I mean, they, you know, they did not have any interest in like the natural rhythm and move of the body. They wanted to morph it into something that right. it's not naturally meant to do. Right. Yeah. And that would make you like basically useless in real life. You know, because what the fuck can you do on point? Nothing. <laughs> oh my God, that's so right. true. It's like so, the Chinese binding of the feet, basically. Yeah. Like, I always get this pull and tug, right? Yeah. I started off as a hip hop dancer and then I got into this concert dance world where I was training in ballet and modern and I hated it at first. I didn't understand it. I didn't mm -hmm. like it. It hurt my body. Mm -hmm. After three years of doing it, I've come to appreciate it. After learning the history of it, of it and taking all these classes, I've come to love it and appreciate it. But as a dancer, there's always this pull and tug right concert dancers don't make much money that's just at least in america in america you know in europe they take dance way and art itself way more seriously and it's it's way more i say it's more of a livable of a, it's more of a comparable livable wage oh, yeah. in exactly. europe and in other parts of the world than in america uh, than in america mm. and i think to it's be because a concert dancer and more prestigious, as you said. Yes. Like, you got status. Exactly. Yes. And I think it's because America is built off of capitalism. So, mm -hmm. commercials really what makes you the money. So, I'm a hip-hop hip -hop dancer and I love doing hip-hop. Like, that's my... That's, you know, the core mm -hmm. that's in me. Yeah. But hip-hop dance is commercial dance you know they cast hip-hop dancers for apple commercials for movies for to play that club scene in that movie um mm -hmm. for music Broadway, videos whatever. music videos all these things and all the mm -hmm. while they're fun to do you are selling yourself you are selling right. your body you are objectifying your body and at times even the way that they cast these people 
is just completely completely inhumane you know they 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 will hold an audition and you won't they won't let you know who they're looking for what kind of person they're looking for and they'll pick only one person and they needed they just needed to fill that spot they just needed a black guy because they need to fill that diversity for the commercial. They mm-hmm. have one more spot left. They don't have a black guy. So they're going to hold a whole audition with 200 people just to, out of three people, there are only three black guys in there. They're going to choose one of them. Doesn't matter how good they dance. Doesn't matter how hard they work. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter how mm-hmm. good or bad mm-hmm. their attitude is. They mm-hmm. just choose them because of that. And mm-hmm. that's what sucks about the industry. The only thing that is, I would say, getting better are there are artists that are, because I'm also really into music and mm-hmm. my friend, is into the music world he does music and we all talk about this all the time there's more artists that are more um i would say leaning towards dancers and leaning towards music as an artistry rather than something to sell Mm -hmm. you know artists and music artists don't really need commercials these days they don't need to be on radio they can make their money off of the internet having their little fan base so it starts this whole thing of making it a little bit more sacred and you being able to be an artist and not having to be huge like beyonce but you can still make a career out of it so they think about they think like very um intricately about who they want in their videos right. if they want dancers in it like they and want there's them. also more a diversity of body type mm-hmm. at last like ever yes. so sh- slowly yes but it's starting you know like victoria's secret and all that stuff like we're oh, getting yeah. to a point where you know you can have a pocket of fat or you can have whatever <laughs> whatever you know um it's not so typecast which yeah. is also liberating a little bit and also rihanna just did i think today Today she just dropped it on Amazon Prime. She just did her Fashion Week yeah, um, yeah, lingerie yeah, show, yeah, yeah. which has all kinds all bodies. of women, yeah. all body yeah. types. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was I a saw whole, that. Yeah. It was a whole dance choreography yeah. show, and it was amazing. I heard. Yeah, and that serves as a as a catalyst uh, that allows people of all body shapes and sizes to be comfortable with themselves. Yeah, it doesn't set the standard to be this the skinny top model. Right, and it 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 kind of it, it removes you from pursuing that uh, that dream and allows you to be comfortable in your own body. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you don't have to like starve yourself or you know uh, get all kinds of like mental psycho you know psychological issues. Which, which, you know, for some people, like they limit them for years because they get so deep in that, you know. It, it limits their... C- connecting like their self-worth to the physical look, you know. Right. And the way in which they express themselves and, and interact with the world mm-hmm. around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Including sexually. Yes. Like they're not going to have sex mm-hmm. because they think they're like 10 pounds overweight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Where whereas that's not as important as establishing a connection with uh with the partner that, that right. you're with right. and that's what it comes down to it's right. it's being able to build trust and yeah. and have uh, a great energy and great mm-hmm. connection mm-hmm. and confidence and yes. having some confidence yeah and yeah. that's where being comfortable in your own body uh, comes yeah. in yeah 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 exactly that's like the first step in my opinion because it's like it's been such a taboo for so many generations that like, you know, getting that confidence is like a huge step once you feel comfortable and confident, more, more even than comfortable, like confident, you know? Right, yeah, they go together, yeah. But sometimes, I mean, like I know some people who are comfortable with their bodies and their bodies are not uh, stereotypical 
but like then they stop at the sex part, you know? So they're like, you know, they're mostly women and they'll wear whatever and they're like, you know, power to me, I'm big and what, or whatever it is, it doesn't matter, but they are still self-conscious when it comes to, to sex, so. And that's where the trust comes in uh, between. Trusting the other. Yes, right. trusting the other and, and also, uh, understanding the other person's uh, right. perspective and right. and seeing them through how they see themselves. Uh-huh. Uh, to me, we're all beautiful. Uh-huh. We're we're all different, and uh-huh. we all have our our beauty marks. Uh-huh. And it and it's good to appreciate any body type. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, because we're we're all different, and we all have a different story to tell. Uh-huh. And, each body type says something says right. something differently. Right. So right. to be able to to vary in in the partners that you're with in different bodies and skin tone, uh, I think it's a I think it's fantastic because you you get to appreciate and and explore the human body, and it's like different chapters in a book. You're not mm. just reading the same chapter over and over. You mm-hmm. you're exploring different different mm-hmm. um, skin tones and body types and curves and, mm-hmm. and it, it just it makes exploring the human form that much more interesting right yeah but most of us don't do that you know we get stuck in like feelings and words and you know power exchange stuff and um so then people get TV. stuck in their habit, like mm-hmm. okay yeah. so you know my ex look like this so I'm gonna look for the same because at least they have some sort of familiarity, you know. Um, I'm, talk- I'm not talking about rebound, which is all psychology, but like, you know, you get a type and then you tell yourself, okay, that's my type. And then, no, no, it just like kind of happened. And yeah. You, it makes you even more nervous to, to go, you know, on, out on a limb. Um, and it's all about this idea of rejection, you know, like getting the, you know, the sense of self and identity. So, extremely, you know, ingrained um, into our sexuality and our, you know, and our body, which I feel it like, be. I feel like subconsciously entertainment has a lot to do with that. Like TV, you know, mm. what you've been watching, all these mm-hmm. cliche movies that you've been watching your whole life, all right, of these TV yeah, shows, yeah. all of these music videos, the uh-huh. girls that are the romantic, there, mo- the the romantic, romantic comedies movies and telling whatever. you how yeah. a relationship should be or how this right. sex scene should go. Oh, I want my sex life to look like this sex scene. Right. You know, yeah. what Mateo was saying, I think that I feel like it would be more, I feel like it would be probably better for all of these um, for the entertainment industry or, you know, the people who sell things, all these to use and cast different types of people because you'll be reaching different types of people. And I feel like that will push them yeah. to buy products more yeah. because it'll be yeah. like, okay, well, she looks like me. Wow. Yeah. Like she's, she's my ethnicity. Wow. Right. Like I want, I want to get that product. If it's working right. on her, then yeah. I yeah, want you're it. reaching a broader audience. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. It made sense Instead of trying to homogenize everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you kind of like, you know, liberating people and that I think gives you, you know, a bigger, bigger access. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think so much of it is bigger than just selling. You know, I think selling is just like the tip of the iceberg. And I think ultimately it's about control and, you know, that like 0.01% who run so much, you know, have 
they don't care like how many you know bags and shoes they sell. They are at well, a much I bigger think, level of control yeah. of us. Yeah. So yeah, you true. know they they don't want everybody like being themselves and doing their thing. They don't care they, for it. No, it's, they it's do not want a, that. No. Yeah. It's become a formula because it's yeah. something that has been working for yeah. so many years that yeah. you just plug in the formula and keep right. on doing it. It's like brainwashing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's literally what it is. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, we're in a in a time that everything is changing. We, I, hope, I think so too. I yeah, hope so too. <laughs> we're we thinking in in different ways and analyzing things differently and just being more conscious of right. one another. Yeah, and yeah. That's what that industry should focus more. Yeah, it's, it, it's how to connect to other people, not just yeah. a certain uh, type of individuals. Yeah. And I feel that, you know, we creatives, you know, women, you know, queer folk, I mean, you know, it's kind of, we have it in us just kind of like more spontaneously than maybe whatever, I don't know, you know, but like maybe more than accountants or, you know, people who, you know, have an easier time fitting in, you know, I feel like, you know, our, our, our people who are slightly misfits anyway, Right, um, have it in us to kind of like lead the way, you know, in being conscious, yeah, um, and you know, making a living, but also like knowing when to say no or when to speak, you know, and say yeah, and have your own voice, yeah, have a voice, yeah. Well, yeah. referring back to to nature, uh, we're all growing together and we thrive together. Mm-hmm. So when you look at trees in a forest, mm-hmm. uh, they're all reaching for sunlight. Uh-huh. And one doesn't interfere with the path of the other. Uh-huh. They, you know, they help, if anything, they help each other grow and within uh-huh. their roots, they're connected uh-huh. and they just, they rise and, and look uh-huh. for the, look for a sun, uh, the sunlight. Uh-huh. And I think it's a great segue into how we should interact with one another. That's a great connection. Yeah. That's a yeah. great connection. Yeah. It really is. I think yeah. that, like, <coughs> As you were saying it, I was really imagining it in my mind. And yeah. it's crazy. I think that we should definitely, you know, revert back to nature uh-huh. for those common concepts. Uh-huh. It's so I got I work retail. Uh-huh. I'm one of the managers at a shop in Aventura Mall. And uh-huh. I kind of got into a little not altercation, but just like a, a discussion about gays and trans. And he doesn't know he didn't know that I was a lesbian. So and who is he, he was, your boss? No, oh. a random customer. Oh, okay. So he came to buy a pair of shoes. We were having a great conversation. And then somehow, some way, it led on into something else. And he started talking about gays and lesbians and how he thinks it's crazy and how he doesn't understand no way. it. And I said, oh, really? That's so funny because me and my girlfriend were actually planning on having a kid in five years. <laughs> and um he was like dumbfounded it's so funny but he really tried to come back and and all the while i understood i i was grateful for having that conversation with him that yeah. debate with him because i opened up his eyes you know yeah that's it we have to speak up you we know have to speak up it's, it's like it's the whole right. me too movement you know if you don't yeah. say it and you know exactly. say it, even even if you don't say it at that moment because you're frozen like just say it whenever you're able to say it all yeah. of that stuff matters you it know it does matter so like as a dancer if you feel that you're stereotyped if you feel that like you know you, you're not asked to do something that you know feels organic you get to say it yeah yeah it's kind of like you're yeah. right you have to in order to 
not protect, but yeah. lead the way and, and change things. Because I know that yeah. man walked out with a different perspective. You know, we had That's the conversation nice. for wonderful. a while. Yeah. And he, That's wonderful that he stayed. Yeah. And, he, we yeah. definitely, we got to a heated, heated point, but we both got our, what I liked about it is that we both let each other listen, you know, no matter yeah. how, like, how heated it got or how, like, kind of snappy we were being, we both talked and let each other listen, and he did walk out a little frustrated, but I know he would think about it at the end of the day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's part good. of the, the process is being, um, being receptive to what the other person says. Yeah. yeah. And... Yeah, listening is it's a great way to learn as well. Right. And, and it might influence you to change your perspective and outlook on, on certain topics. Right. And it, we only change things through conversation. Yeah. And so get off the sofa and the TV and, you know, go out and, right? Yeah, and interact yeah, with the world. Interact with the world. Yeah. And that's how people become. I think that's one of the reasons why, I don't know, I feel like all these things tie together. But my... Yeah, of um, course. I have family yeah. in Spain and every time I go there, like I always get refreshed mm. from Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, the the culture of like just talking at till two in the morning, you know. Coming, coming <laughs> Joshua. Home, yeah. Like yes, because yes, he went to Joshua, Spain. He just come back he just came back. Right? I also went as well. I went <laughs> um, I was in Spain over the summer and she's one hundred percent right. You know, it was this culture where you would meet a person and you would talk for five hours <laughs> at a bench, at a park, drinking a bottle of wine yeah. that y'all bought three hours earlier. You know, yeah. and it and it was, it was this openness to, to socialize with no with no no agenda, no agenda, right. no feeling Nothing. of judgment, no feeling of dread, no feeling of like, oh my god, this is so hard. Why am I going to do this? No, it actually felt natural. It felt very yeah. becoming, yeah. and it's something that. Um, in the U.S., like I find very lacking. You know, I don't mm-hmm. have the same type of spontaneous conversations, the same type of con- human connection that I have not being in the U.S. You know, mm-hmm. when I go to Canada, it's different. When I go back home to Puerto Rico, it's completely different. You know, it's the the the, the human connection, the 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 Matters, sense of community. Right? Yeah, it was it. It definitely, you know, has an impact on on the weight you give each place where you you know make your own where you live for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. and you were saying that people talk about sex much more freely also oh, right yes so much I more mean, i think so well my my family I, mean, I don't know if it's just my family because i don't know other families you know i only go to visit my family <laughs> but um the one thing that's common over there is like women having their tops off mm-hmm. so yeah my my little niece um in my cousin's house every time she would get home she would just take off her shirt and be walking around (laughs) with no shirt and just her underwear Mm -hmm. in front of the whole family you Mm -hmm. know and it's okay because it's her she doesn't have anything she doesn't have boobs yet Mm -hmm. and even if she did you know that would still be okay my cousin her mom does that as well right and it's just something that's so natural and just so it shouldn't be stigmatized like specifically like yeah the the scenario that you're putting it in like you are with your family in your house like you should be able to completely walking yeah. your top has and be being normal. able to be fine with it yeah should be you know yeah. um uh recently i started like you know kind of shedding back because i do feel a certain type of way when i'm like completely nude it feels uh, it, i don't feel comfortable and i don't feel comfortable around other people being nude but it's a different, it's different when obviously you're having sex. Like at oh, yeah. that point you don't care. You're just, Oh yeah. Yeah. 
be what it may no be whoever back. with you are mm-hmm. it can black white asian fat skinny it doesn't really matter no. but for some reason being nude in a social environment is very very mm-hmm. very very um frustrating like not mm-hmm. frustrating frustrating is not the word it's just very um pressuring i think you i think it's pressuring okay. when i when i went to the beach and i went with my friends because my friends also met me in spain so it was my first time like venturing off on my own without my family and we went to the beach and i took my top off and even though it's something normal to do i didn't see a lot of women at that time like just just at that time you know with their tops off and i felt so many people looking at me obviously for obvious reasons but it's just mm-hmm. something that that came naturally you know, it came the, the, the feeling of like, oh my God, people are watching me. Like, fuck. That came naturally mm-hmm. to me. Eventually I thought about it and I was like, you know what? It's already off. I'm not going to put it back on. You know, they already <laughs> saw me and that's just it. I just, I just got over yeah. it. Yeah. But no, no, it's no. that automatic feeling. I think that just comes to me. Personally. You're hundred percent right. Like, um, I, when I was in Barcelona, I went to, a Playa del Mar, which is a nude beach in yeah. Barcelona. And it's, I was there this summer. <laughs> the, you know, when I got yeah. there, I, the only other nude beach experience that I've had was here in Miami and Hallover. And yeah. for the most mm. part, it's always like semi empty, not a really big crowd. Hallover so like, also it's, a, it's also like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's not like a crowd that you <laughs> yeah. are like, yeah. oh my God, I know, these are my people. people. No, <laughs> that's not what you do in Hallover. A lot of older people over um, there. Yeah. But uh, this experience in, in Barcelona was completely different. Literally just, the first thing I saw when I walked into the beach was a vagina in her bush. And it was, <laughs> you know, and it was okay. I, I was just like baffled because the first time I saw it. And <laughs> it really, it really, it really like, like, like broke, a, broke down a wall where I was like, this is completely normal. This is completely natural. Yeah. You know, you respect people's privacies, even though they're nude. Like you don't have to yeah. be yeah. staring yeah. at exactly. their privates. Yeah. You know, you can yeah. just be in your own space, be yeah. in your own time, and let other people enjoy their nudity. I guess. Uh huh. Their freedom. Because I took my speedo off for exactly five minutes before I said, <laughs> "No, no, ma'am, nah, I can't do really? this." Really, really. And then I put it back on. Yeah, uh-huh. And I you have a perfect body. Just I saying. was like, I could not so, do this. Honestly, thank you. But you know what it is? It's because. Okay, like, okay, you just said, as you were speaking, I thought of it, you know, you were saying once, like, we're in sex space, and then we're just going at it, right? So we're, like, aroused enough, then I don't think about any of this stuff anymore, and I don't, you know, I don't think about being naked, or what he looks like, or what I look like, because I just want to, you know, get off. I That's where, that's where my whole, like, mind, body is going, right? So it's exactly like, for me, it's at that Point. What we're trying to, what we're talking about is like, um, the, let's say the transition from being like the way we are right now, talking about sex, to actually that other way, which is you, you're not talking, you're having sex. Mm-hmm. And I feel that that's where we have the greatest difficulty and, and where we get, we get stuck because we don't know what to do or what to say. It's just kind of like no one has given us like the tools or the words how to get from here to there, right? So usually we like turn off the lights. No one really says much. You know, one of the two who is like more the aggressor or whatever, the initiator is supposed to know what to do, you know, and you're trying to just like 
lose yourself, you know, because that's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Just and not that think transition, about it. It, it is a, a crucial point and, and it does become uh, an obstacle sometimes. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. part of that is it's fear of rejection. If, if you initiate a move and, and go maybe for a kiss or, you know, start, um, explaining yourself with your body through body language, you fear that, that the other person is not receptive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's why we should like, I think, talk about it because like if you say it, Exactly. Then you cannot, it's not rejection and also it's not like a, exploitation or abuse or harassment or anything. You know, like in this day and age, you know, especially if you're a guy and you like try to kiss someone and you're not a thousand percent sure, like that's not, you know, it's not kosher anymore. But if you say, I want to kiss you, you know, would that be okay with you? If you just gotta say exactly. what it is, then everybody's clear. No one yes. has to guess. It's all about um, communication. I think the easiest thing is to, and it's also pretty hard to do because it's something that me and my partner just started doing. We've been together for five years and in the last maybe two years, we started talking about sex. After yeah, you see. You yeah. Know, did you yeah. like it? Yeah, exactly. What didn't you like? What didn't or, you like? Or that shit hurt, don't do it again. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I didn't like that. I, I didn't like yeah. how this ended in that kind of way. I like ending right. like this. I like right. starting like this. You know, it's right. just, yeah. it's, showing them how to understand you and how to know your body. And I think that's also okay with strangers, with regular people. Exactly. If you have that intention, you know, if you meet someone at a bar and you end up liking them and you guys go for a drink somewhere Mm -hmm. before you end up going home, there should be no problem with, because also it arouses you too. So you know how Mm -hmm. the night is going to end. Why not just start Mm -hmm. talking about it and just tell them about it? It'll arouse you. It'll be better for you. It'll be better for them. Right. And then at the end game, it'll just be a win for everybody. I think. But it's the goddamn stigma. It's what it is. You know, it, it, because we've been trained. I mean, like no one told us anything about sex ever. Not in school, not in the home. Forget it. Like your mom or dad, you know, saying this is how you talk to like a boy or a girl. No, nothing. So, you know, all we know it's that, is that it's going to show that we're, I don't know, trashy, easy. I mean, something negative, you no, know, but it, shameful. It like, but that's how it is in our head. So we have to like, and, and that's like also what Joshua was saying about like, you know, the naked vagina on the bush, on the, you know, the bush, At, on the beach, on the, the beach, bush on the beach. The bush. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. bush on the beach. <laughs> on the beach with the bush and the vagina like, and just We laying. have been thought, we've been trained to think, uh, you know, you're like there with your legs open. It means you want some, right? We just, we, all we know is that, that we have to sexualize it. We mm-hmm. haven't been taught the alternative that mm-hmm. she's just happy being naked mm-hmm. and getting some sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There 100%. needs to be, there needs to be a separation between a nude body just being nude and being comfortable. Right. And, uh, and just and being body. sexualized. <laughs> yeah. And, right. and, you know, a nude body and, like emitting that sexuality because as you said, you want some, the, there mm-hmm. needs to be a clear distinction. And of course, through speaking sex, exactly. that's how you get there. Yeah. It's like so much easier for everyone. During senior year, um, there was, we had a passage in one of our classes where we discussed the naked body and the nude body and mm. how it's stigmatized slightly differently. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be nude and be sensual without being erotic or sexual, mm-hmm. but you can, 
but there's also like the flip side where it's you're just sexual and mm-hmm. you're you're mm-hmm. erotic and you're out there and it's mm-hmm. uh, and it's dirty and it's unpleasant and not mm-hmm. necessarily you know you just has to be like the the perception the the open mindedness to to seeing a nude body and being able to just appreciate mm-hmm. that's a nude body without. Mm-hmm. Having any stigma of, Judgment. oh my God, this is funny, haha, I'm watching some titties, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And also to... disrespect it, which is, you know, a big part of it. It's of like, you know, traditionally, like where, when I grew up, you know, if you work with your mind, you are more respected. And if you in any way work with your body, you're just not respected because you're just not so decent. Okay. Right. <laughs> but it. <laughs> like we don't all have a body. Of course. Uh, for me, uh, when I'm photographing and doing nude shoots, uh, one, mm-hmm. I, I maintain eye contact. And it is very intimidating at first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I photographed Kyla nude, uh, earlier this summer. And before I asked her if she was comfortable, I asked her if mm-hmm. it was okay. And because it, it is very vulnerable and I don't want to just, uh, start, um, mm-hmm. directing her here, take your clothes off and, mm-hmm. and do this. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, you need to build a trust mm-hmm. because it is ven- very vulnerable. And that's also why I maintain eye contact. Uh, I feel it, it makes me comfortable. It makes the, the other person more comfortable and, and it allows them to, to move freely. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's where that clear distinction of, uh, mm-hmm. of sexualized body and, mm-hmm. And just being the the photographs uh-huh. being about the body itself, just uh-huh. uh, like it, it's a conversation between light and right. the organic highlights and shadows right. of the body. Right. Exactly. I think that he definitely made it more of an experience. And in the beginning, it, he did a great job with making me comfortable because I've done nude photo shoots um, for my partner. But without my partner, it's kind of like different, you know, in, in mm-hmm. a different space with someone different, only being also a man. <laughs> a guy. Yeah. Um, so the thought of it was intimidating just for one split second. But he made everything super comfortable, asking if I needed anything. You know, he dimmed the lights a little bit, not too harsh lighting, definitely mm-hmm. like created a sacred space mm-hmm. by giving me my space mm-hmm. and yes. by taking things slowly. We, right. Something that could have taken 30 minutes took us about an hour and a half, which was right. great because yeah. it felt like it felt like we were both making art rather than just him taking mm-hmm. a photo of me, mm-hmm. which I never really experienced much. But like also holding the gaze, you know, yeah. kind of makes you equal partners in this, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, the difference between like having sex and looking in each other's eyes and yeah. then having sex from like behind yeah. and having no idea what this person is like seeing, thinking. Right, it's totally different. Like, w- without the gaze, you have to a little bit self-pimp yourself. You know, you have to right. objectify mm-hmm. yourself or porno, porno yourself a little bit to, you know, to like it. Right, um, so true. Yeah. It, I mean, that's, that's another aspect, but uh, I, I think you, it, it's better for you to get there once you have established a connection with your, your partner uh, because it, it, it does help you get aroused, uh, when you, you know, just a little bit like pornify yourself, uh, just, you know, like try different positions, but you have to build, uh, an established, uh, relationship with that, with that person for it to be more mm-hmm. fluid, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, 
it, it's not it what matters is being conscious that's all. yes so talking yeah. about it in a sense is enough like if we all acknowledge oh yeah you know i am so like this is so ingrained in me that like it turns me on to think that whatever you know my butt is up in the air and that's all there is of me that's okay because you're aware of it so you know you're just not you know, like embracing the, the, whatever you want to call it, you know, the pornographic gaze unconsciously. And I think that's a great, you know, that, that that's really enough in a sense, you know, being able to see what happens in your own head and how your own sexuality works, you know, and name it. But and communicate. It. Yeah, yeah, communicate. yeah, and communicate it, yeah. Now, the other avenue you can go is uh, more of a, a sensual sexual experience where you're connecting with uh as we're saying the gaze and you're connecting heart to heart mm -hmm. so there's uh there's mm -hmm. various uh things you can do with each other's bodies to to connect and uh make the intimacy that much more stronger and and it helps uh, when you orgasm for it to be to reach another level. Oh yeah. When when you have that intimate connection, it, yeah. it just it makes your experience a lot better. Yeah. A lot I better. feel feeling. Yeah. A Coming from better. an emotional place, definitely. I think that I, I never really think about why did it take us so long to get to that point. Like I remember sex before it was just it just didn't feel as deep. It didn't feel it was good. It was always good, but it just didn't feel as amazing as it does now. Yeah. Uh -huh. Because being with someone for so long and knowing them for so long, uh -huh. you know, it's just, I guess we were both afraid to communicate with each other or to try new things or also just to be dirty yeah. in a way. Yeah. And yeah. just accepting that it's okay to be like that. That's, uh -huh. who, that's who you are in that moment. Like the animal is coming out of you yeah. and that's yeah. fine. That doesn't represent yeah. you and who you are. That doesn't mean you're dirty as a person. Right. Everyone goes through that. It's an yeah. instinct. It's an instinct. And as you were saying earlier, when you when you speak with your partner, like I like this, I don't like this. Let's do that. Let's try this other thing. I, you learn about yourself. You learn about your partner, about each other's bodies, and because we all respond to different stimuli in in a different manner. Uh, so communication is is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. And, uh, and openness, you know, just kind of like staying open. Cause I feel like another problem with our culture nowadays, um, is that so much of our identity is connecting to our sex preferences, you know? So, and I understand where it came from, you know, like there was a period where people, especially, you know, uh, people in the gay, lesbian, trans community, bi community, we had a hard time coming out in the general world, right? So it, you know, it pushed everything in like an extreme direction or like, I'm gay, fuck you, right? Okay. But I feel that organically we're a little more than just like one identity. And yes, being, I agree. Right? Oh, I agree. 100%. It, it, yeah. To Thank me, you. <laughs> to me, I don't, I don't think there should be labels. Right. Uh, we're all just human bodies right. and you just happen to be attracted to a specific gender right. uh, or both genders right. but it's not about being gay or lesbian it's about right. the interaction the connection of energy that you feel yeah. with another individual yeah. regardless of gender yeah yeah 
And also, like, we get to change. Like, I mean, who wants to be like one thing for like sixty years? Exactly. Yeah, our mindset, <laughs> exactly. our mindset, it's constantly changing. Right. And uh, it's think of food. Yeah. Uh, when we're kid, we don't right. we don't like broccoli, but now you you could love broccoli. You can incorporate it into your diet. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that that's another great analogy for. You yeah. know, different body types, different yeah. gender. Yeah. yeah. You know, one yeah. year you like uh, a certain type of individual and the next year, okay, I'm curious about this other person. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, in the gay community, like, uh, wait, where was, where was I going to go with this? Uh, Broccoli. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, in the gay community, like, there's... Uh, I've noticed like this, this, this stigma, this, 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 um, behavior, I guess, where, you know, you enter a relationship, everything is going great, blah, 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 blah. You psych yourself out somewhere in the one year mark, two year mark for, for reasons that you can possibly just, if, if we were accustomed to it, if we hadn't been, you know, desensitized to it, you can, you would be, you should be able to speak with your significant other. Because for example, there's, I'm, I'm a person that right now, I don't know what my views on polyamory and monogamy are. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I believe that I want to be with one person for the majority of the time, but I mm-hmm. also, like you said, I don't mm-hmm. want to eat chicken every night mm-hmm. for 60 years. <laughs> you get yeah. me? Like, yeah. and, and there's, and there is, I feel that I can't talk about this because I would be reprimanded for saying like, hey, like, you know, I love chicken and I'll eat chicken five times out of the week, mm-hmm. but I need to eat some Japanese, Caribbean, whatever, <laughs> two days of the week. That's and it, there's, there's a, there's yeah. a negative, there's, a, there's like this negative, like, uh, like, I don't want to say these I things know. because you are afraid of these you're afraid of what society you're afraid of what you might be reprimanded for for verbalizing these thoughts and these desires when it should be something that you can you know just like ease into conversation or not maybe ease into conversation but it's something that you should be able to have in conversation i think a problem also is the fact that everyone here is so career-based and when thinking about if you're not an artist, right? So say you're just a person in any field, in the accounting field, if you're in the hospital field, and now we have social media now. So you have Mm -hmm. another outlet to express Mm -hmm. yourself if Mm -hmm. you're going through some time in your life or Mm -hmm. your friends aren't really around right now. You know, you can revert Mm -hmm. to social media. You can meet people on social media. You can do Mm -hmm. all these things. And how do you express yourself on social media? You know, wanting to talk about or show certain aspects of your life on social media, it's kind of like, there's a fearfulness to it to see like what your bosses would think you know they're following you on instagram or or your friends your coworkers, your colleagues Mm -hmm. that are following you on instagram you know Mm -hmm. it's also that so i think normalizing all of these things and normalizing sex and normalizing um speaking about sex will do good in everyone's lives as Mm -hmm. far as their mental health also Mm -hmm. you know to help people clarify so many things Mm -hmm. and just talk about so many things mental health is like showing yeah yeah, part of it yeah like Huge people get really screwed up in their heads, you know, trying to figure it all out. And I feel like with social media, you know, society keeps fracturing us more and more and more. 
right? So it's like we're busier than ever. It's like yeah. 10 more things we got to do. And it's not holistic. It's just little bits of us, which by the way, Matteo, you like kind of like show in action on your Instagram because it's like little <laughs> tiny parts of each photograph. Yeah, so that's you so have to true. see like, I don't know, 15 <laughs> posts yeah. and then to get the photo. The page, and to me, it's like, yeah. that's what he's saying. You know, that you're saying that, that, you know, that all these like posts are just, you know, broken up little bits and pieces. And it, the reason I do that is because it, it ties into life. I always wonder uh, the reason. Yeah, right? Because <laughs> he <laughs> wants us to like go back to yes. his, uh, you know, his main account and look at them as a whole. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because when you're, when you're scrolling through Instagram, you're going through hundreds, if not thousands of images. And... They are there, complete. So you see the complete image and you keep scrolling. Whereas uh, what I yeah. do is I break down. And you see his image and there's like three hairs on a tiny bit of skin. Yes, and it makes you interact. Like <laughs> yeah, it makes you interact with the, with the piece. So I drive you to my page so that you see yeah. the complete image. And, and sometimes we need to look at the little things that right. make up the, the big picture. Yeah. And that's my commentary. Right. But you also like do not give a shit. Like, no, no, Part I of don't. it is no, like, I you don't. know, if you don't look at the hole, I'm good with it. Like, I don't want the likes. <laughs> right. You know, here is like 10 hairs. <laughs> so I want to go back to uh, Joshua's, uh, you know, discussion of monogamy also um, and polyamory. Mm-hmm. Because I feel that that's like one more way that we, um, we, get uh you know brainwashed mm-hmm. and controlled by by the system by like the larger you know powers that be right powers that be mm-hmm. you know and uh, i mean honestly I, I don't like calling it patriarchy because i think it oppresses men at least as much you know as women mm-hmm. it's really not like a gender thing mm-hmm. it's just this, you know, the system, the system authority the exactly yeah. you know yeah, yeah. they will do anything to stay in power yeah um but that's like one way, one way that we're constantly, if, if you think about it, the reason you can tell your partner is that you don't want your partner to feel that you're saying, I don't love you, exactly. I don't want to be with you anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I it's mean, so difficult to, to convince the partner mm-hmm. that it's nothing to do with the relationship, mm-hmm. that yeah. you're actually saying it because you trust the relationship and you yes. think it has space for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, and why, why? Because not enough people do it, you know, yeah. like if that was more of a norm by mm-hmm. norm, meaning, you know, the majority of people like spoke this way and understood being together, you know, is something that like, maybe you make an emotional commitment to one person exactly. and you say like, you are, you know, the one I love. You're the one that I'm coming home to and sleeping with yes. every yes. day. Yes. And you're the one that I'm going to wake up to. Right. Yes. Well, every Saturday night, if I don't come home is, yeah. Yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. Exactly. I'll be home for a Sunday night. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And it, 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 and you do it the same. Makes it, it and makes you give it sound the, like they, him exactly. The, yeah. You know, like if, if, if it floats your boat and you want to do it also cool but like i would also be that person that 
you know, if, if, if it flows to my partner's boat and he's like, Oh, I want to eat steak today instead of chicken. Like, okay, <laughs> cool. Go eat steak. I might not eat steak today. I might just eat popcorn in my bed by myself. Oh, I'm and be completely fine. You get me? I mean, I'm vegan. Like, I'm like, know? I'll eat the popcorn. Exactly. Like, you know, I'll be in my bed by myself. You can go get your piece yeah. of steak. There's no yeah. problem. Don't ask. Don't tell. Yeah. Don't tell me any don't details when you do that. Exactly. Don't but ask. Don't tell. Don't yeah. ask. Don't tell. You know, like, you go have your fun you'll be safe having your fun yeah and i'll be in this bed when you decide to come back i'll be right yeah. here you know like yeah and it i may not join you this time but next time you go get steak i'm gonna go get asian food because i wish that was like the normal the norm yeah. you yeah. know open communication no barriers full trust like type of thing that would it's be more prevalent for in society. It's exactly. normal for how yeah. we're made. It's, it's, instead, that's a natural you know, instinct. Instead, people like cheat, divorce, exactly. you know, lie, 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 lie. Exactly. Yeah. Like, how dark is that for the soul? All the God I'm lying we have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you saying? Sorry. Like if, for example, you have a polyamorous couple. You have uh, mm-hmm. somebody who is in a monogamous couple and he's cheating on somebody else. Exactly. It's yeah. counted as cheating. You're in a polyamorous couple and, and what a, a monogamous, what a monogamous couple would consider cheating, this polyamorous couple would consider open communication. Yeah. yeah. Because it yeah. is like we all want to, we are all in this like romanticized idea of love that it's one person is going to absolutely complete every single desire and be the single perfect match to Mm -hmm. like every single person in this planet is completely Mm -hmm. different to the T to the chromosome. So the, 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 the idea that one person is going to be your all is at least in my opinion, delusional. that's very illusion. Exactly. And yes. detrimental. <laughs> mostly illusion. Yeah. It's detrimental and to your identity, right. to and your individuality. You should, able, you should be able, like, like how you said earlier, um, you know, I, I'm, I have an emotional connection with this person. I also have a physical connection with this person, but I'm craving something more physical somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it shouldn't, it, 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 yeah. I feel like it shouldn't be stigmatized and it shouldn't be judged if that yeah. is how yeah. you think and feel. You get me? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel that the world would be a much happier place and so much pain and drama. Drama. And, yeah. you know, arguing and misunderstandings and tears and, you know, would be avoided if yeah. we could all kind of like understand this as normal. That's that, to me, that's the main term. You know, it's like, what is normal? What's like accepted? What like, you know, instead what do happens we, now. Why do we have to refer to what's accepted? And because that makes it, that's the, like, we have to make it normal. Without making yeah. it normal, you know, there is always this risk or fear that our partner will completely misunderstand, you know, our intention. And because that's not our intention, you know, like, we don't want to break up. We don't want to lose them. Yeah. We don't want to, like, you know, just for a couple of orgasms, like, lose our main person. Yeah. So either we kind of like suppress and repress that and stay with the program because they matter to us so much or, or we cheat and lie yeah, yeah. And, and and then when they find out like, there is a much bigger betrayal yeah all of that stuff and it just right? layers so many things yeah. on top of each other but, i think that uh-huh. like 
with that being normal and normalizing it, at least like with partners itself, maybe not society, maybe that'll take a little longer to come. But maybe if you talk to your partner and you tell them and they end up understanding, it'll make the relationship so much better, I think. Right. And last longer. Yeah. yeah and uh, you also remove a uh, mental blockage because you're open with your partner. You mm-hmm. in- Instead of like you're saying... Uh, cheating and you know going behind a corner and, mm-hmm. and lying and hiding things from your partner you you're detrimenting your your mental health right yeah 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 and then you you're riding on this guilty conscious all mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. and needing to hide things and it's oh, just it's not yeah. good for you and it's not good yeah. for the person but honestly that's like your only options yeah. you either repress yourself yeah and you know say no to what like you really want uh or you know, you lie and cheat and become someone you don't like yeah. in the process. And and you make the other experiences kind of negative because when you have the guilt, then <coughs> that kind of like takes away from, you know, whatever pleasure you get in with like, you know, the Asian food. Um, <laughs> and I feel, <laughs> and I, I think that, you know, it's such a simple thing. If we could all get together and agree that like you cannot own another human being, no. Nope. Um, Forget the fact that that's not love, but like no matter what, you can't tell what's in your partner's mind. No, you don't know what happens when you have sex. I mean, they could be imagining, fantasizing a thousand Asian foods, right? You don't know what's happening. So the the presumption that we can even get there, you know, and that it's like the ultimate rejection of the the love the relationship the time that you've spent and put into it you know just because like you may have a desire for you know something else some sexual um, you know escapade whatever peccadillo yeah. you little know. fantasy yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> little um, it's in, it's it's crazy like there is no logic to it yeah there's a separation between just sex and making love with right. the person that you are in love with. Right. And, and just having sex, it's a, it, it's a basic human instinct. instinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. It, it really is. It, it's, yeah, we have this sexual drive that, that allows us to, to be creative and to continue the flow of life with, with ease. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, just relieving mm-hmm. that mental blockage and mm-hmm. having good mental health. Yeah, and physical health. Like, I think you know, that take if some all of off. these things became normalized, mm. then sexualizing the body wouldn't mean as much as it does now. Yeah. It wouldn't. Yeah. Because if these things became normal and just having, not having, just doing this deed with this one person, but still having your, your person to come home mm-hmm. to and doing this, it would all make it okay. It wouldn't be such a huge thing as it is to this right, day right now. Right, it wouldn't sexualizing yeah. the body and these people and strip clubs wouldn't really be that much needed yeah. because yeah. they'll yeah, be fulfilling exactly. themselves yeah. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then no lies, no nothing. Right. And yeah. all this thing, you know, that happens, especially for women where you want to say yes, but you say no. And then the guys think, well, she said no, but that means I have to turn that no into the yes. That whole complicated, like what is going on? Who's saying what? Who wants what? We don't know. We don't yeah. know. Like it's such a mess, you know. Yeah, that, that's another thing. Like uh, that's a good point. If a girl says no, and as a guy, you feel like you have to turn that no into a yes. You're just you're creating obstacles for yourself. Uh, 
because you you just if the person is not reciprocating those feelings uh, initially, then uh, you know there's plenty of other options. Right, but often women will say no when they want to say yes because they don't want to seem easy. They don't want to you know they're being coy. They're you know they're co- confused. Um, they're playing hard to get. get. Yeah, yeah, they've been told that they're more uh, interesting. <laughs> whatever, covered it that way. Um, but I also feel like they just don't want to be slutty, you know. And I'm sorry I've said this word, but it, it's out there, and we have to kind of like take it back. Yeah, you know, that they don't want to be looked be, and at yeah. with yeah. a certain eye within society. Yeah. Yeah, or by the guy who's like propositioning them. They yeah, they feel like they would be more special. <laughs> I feel I feel like nowadays we can um you know, nowadays we should be able to identify like b- being slutty as you say from like just owning your body and owning your sexuality and owning right. who you are. Right. Um because what a lot of people might perceive of, oh my gosh, she's so slutty, you know, she's just easy. She's no, she's just Completely comfortable in her yeah, own skin. Yeah, yeah. Take proud, shouldn't pride be, in exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and she, she shouldn't be stigmatized. She shouldn't yeah. be, yeah. you know, she shouldn't be put yeah. down. She knows herself. She knows yeah. what she's worth. She's happy and about it. And it's conscious. And that, she's happy yeah. to share it with other people. Yeah. That's right. You get me? Yeah. 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 And it's conscious that the, that that's the drive that you are looking to have sex and not go around and beat around the bush, as they say. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Yeah. There was another bush in this conversation. Bush in, in the, the beach, beach. On the in beach. Spain, in Barcelona, Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah beat around the bush. Beat around the bush. I think it's the same yeah. bush. We're yeah, beating just, around. Yeah, <laughs> tease a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have a, a, a question: Is are are dancers better in bed? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. <laughs> She's like Joshua's like, thank you. So um, <laughs> why? How? You know, um, I don't know about Kyla, but I, <laughs> I've had my share my share of sexual experiences, you know? Uh, more than my share of sexual experiences. <laughs> and what's um, the word out there? <laughs> and uh like I have to say that you know, dan- being able to dance definitely gives you uh it Thank gives you. you a better, um, it gives you a better, uh, like movement in the hip section. If you, if you good, everywhere, though. you know, it does, it, it gives you a you sense of rhythm. Grab, it gives you a sense you know. of rhythm. Um, but I, I can't you say, do I more things with your say, body, right? You're more I mean, yeah, flexible I mean, and strong. Yeah. There's something that happens and to the human body when you're having sex. It just, it, it's, it, it pulls out a flexibility that even when you're not flexible, you know, you, you're yeah. kind of flexible for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you're sore but, the next uh, day. You know, cause, <laughs> Cause you know, like, me and Kyla, we probably we stretch every day, and you feel the pain of stretching. But suddenly, you have your legs behind your head, and you don't know how they got there, and they're perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, don't and feel anything. Later, th- three minutes later, you're done. You're looking at the at the ceiling, and you're going like, "Okay, now I can't feel my legs. Why?" <laughs> oh, uh, now I remember. Um, <laughs> That's true. But uh, I I I wouldn't say that the best. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily make you good in bed. Mm. It, it gives you certain certain talents ahead of the game, and if yeah. you know how to use them, 
You pop yeah. it in bed. Maybe my experiences have just been better. I don't know. So what it might think, be Kaya? true. I think it's just um I think it's a sense of body spatial awareness, right? So mm. I think that dancers have a sense of spatial awareness as in like how things flow and how like the rhythm of the body goes well together, right? And I think it's also knowing like finding shapes and sizes it's, just, it's something that's hard to explain but it's just like when when you train in it for so long and you study it mm-hmm. you kind of know what feels good and what doesn't feel good so i think that's also another main thing is knowing what feels good and what doesn't feel good mm-hmm. and a sense of detail you know dancers have so much detail their whole like career is based on detail mm-hmm. so if there's something that you you see that she flinched about you know you won't do it again mm-hmm. you know and you'll realize that like off the back automatically in your mind mm-hmm. that you won't even have to like really acknowledge it you just know mm-hmm. it yeah I think it's that, like a, that kind a of thing fluency with the body yes yeah, right fluency. and uh, i feel as dancers uh you learn practically all the muscles in your body and how to utilize them mm-hmm. and oh my god that's what you do yeah and that allows <laughs> you for more body positions and look for more geometry oh, oh he's back to the geometry 100%, 100%. this one is in yeah. the geometry again uh, <laughs> it's, it's beautiful it, I will say, you know when you have yeah, limbs everywhere like, I like I get off of the geometry oh, I will yeah. say this like, uh, like um <laughs> You know, having a creative person in bed and be like having a creative person in bed, me being a dancer, I am that person that will very much like just be like, okay, no, we need to switch positions and just get into these weird positions that I'm like, I've never been here before, but this feels great. Mm -hmm. It feels fantastic. Oh my God. And then, you know, then you have the, you know, then you have like the more, you know, yeah. Plan rise. It's just your doggy style or missionary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it it's great. It's good. Yeah. You know, don't get me but wrong. But it's all but, part um, of the experience. Yeah, uh, and great. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Euclidean way of having sex. Too. Yeah, so like a, a whole bunch Euclidean. of phases. Mateo's Euclidean sexuality. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, so at the beginning. So are the uh, religious in any way or oh, just aesthetic? No, girls. Girls love the dreads. Oh, so uh, you're not Rasta. I'm I'm not. Okay. It's uh it's just become a, a personal choice. Okay. Um, it's it, aesthetic choice then. More, yes. Right? Uh, yeah. it, it started with me not wanting to cut my hair, <laughs> and, and twelve yeah twelve years later 12 here years I am. Later. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes I think, um, like what women are attracted to, right? And in guys and like heterosexual relationships, or or when I feel like attraction to a man, and he does something that's slightly feminine, right? Or like that's something that doesn't make him so macho masculine. Mm-hmm. We like it, yeah. And it's like that's truth. And yes. guys don't know that. Guys yes. don't know yes. that. Yes, toxic yes. masculinity. It's like no one they, likes the dump. Go ahead. Yeah. No. Listen, toxic masculinity, like I see it so much in the gay community. Um, you know, it's, we're supposed to be, um, an inclusive community, a community that's all about being true to who you are, living your truth and speaking your truth. And, um, because of, you know, toxic masculinity and how it's been prevalent in our society for the decades now, um, you see gay guys at gay pride. Still mm-hmm. kind of holding back because they're afraid that other gay guys will be like, Oh my God, he looks too gay. Yeah. It's something that's not celebrated in the community, you know, and, and it's something that at least I hope that 
in the future it starts getting dismantled because yeah. there is, like how Kyla said, there is such a thing as seeing a man who breaks out of his masculinity, goes oh into the God. feminine, yeah. that just makes you wet. It just goes, yeah. like, oh my yeah. God. Yes, yes, I, and totally. yes. Like, yeah. I think that will make sex totally. better too. It'll, it will make totally. the sex world better. It yeah. will make everything better if the toxic masculinity just vanished. Yeah. Just like... I totally... I mean, you know, for me, 100%, like men in skirts, men in like skirts and tights with different color hair every week, uh, you know, jewelry. I know. It's just like a thousand percent more attractive. Like if you think about Prince. It's just like... You know, it, all these ladies are crazy yeah, for Prince when he wore the little heels, the earrings, yeah, all the jewelry. Yeah. Very, very feminine. Yeah. Super feminine. Yeah. And feminine. Yeah. And I was talking yeah. to my mom. She's like, oh my God, he's so hot. And when I was smaller, <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> like how do you think he's hot like he would wear the same thing i would wear yeah. but before you know my whole sexuality thing but that was just my my stigma back then and i, I didn't yeah. understand it yeah but like that's one of the many ways we repress our men i mean there are many you know like being yeah. a provider or like having to pay for sex if they're heteronormative but like one of the ways is this like they don't get to wear lace they don't get to wear lingerie they don't get to wear all these different fabrics you know and without being stigmatized in some way. So, yeah. you know, right. like being a whatever, you know, straight, heteronormative guy, you can do that, you know. And, in, and what happens is eventually, okay. in order to do it, either they become like secretly cross-dressers or then they decide, you know, maybe, you know, maybe like take hormones and, you know. So they have to do s something much more drastic to experience what we experience yes. just for fun on a daily basis because there, you know, there is no like normative place for it. You know, you can yeah. get up and get dressed and, you know, go out to dinner with your, with your woman looking like her. Makeup. It's yeah. Just... It's, it's several roles that, that are implemented by society. Like a right. man has to act right. a certain way, has to dress a certain way. Pay for these things. Right. It, like you said, being the provider and, Lately, those roles have been reversed. Uh, you know, women are becoming a lot more independent uh, and being given that platform to be independent. It's, it's taking a little time, but you know, <laughs> we're getting there. Uh, like, yeah, 3,000 years. Yeah, and it's, it's, really, it's really about time because yeah. women have not had a, boy, a voice for a long time. So yeah. the fact that women are arising and and right. taking back the power that they always had it's right. uh, yeah it's a great change for the better in society yeah i agree and a very simple way to do it is like not expect the guy to pick up the trank oh yeah <laughs> try to do it first yes. try to beat yeah. them to it just secretly talk <laughs> to the know. waitress or the waiter and be yeah. like hey just or take you know between yeah, yeah between a lot of them won't let you do that though no but They'll, like, like so this hard. time i'll pay for it next time you pay yeah, for it yeah yeah just kind of like you pay for your place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i know like yeah i mean i'm sober and as i said before vegan so like i like to pay for myself because if it, we're splitting it it's like crazy it's like yeah. you know yeah but <laughs> you come fair. to an agreement yeah, yeah, that, no, but that's we're just fair. talking. Yeah, we're just talking. But yeah, I mean, these are just all these cliche, limiting, stereotype, you know, roles that were, you know, men and women are like squeezed in 
And, you know, it's good to like, I think, you know, talking about them helps us think about them and then thinking about them helps us decide where we stand on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It all starts with parents, like when you're raising your children, how you raise them. And I think that lately um, with this new generation, this new society that we're forming that I feel like is slowly forming or maybe it's just because we're in Miami and this is one of the biggest melting pots in America, including like New York and L.A. So we probably feel like things are right. getting going at a much faster pace. Oh, we feel even it. Though it might, sure. We feel it before it happens. But then you look at the Trump rally and you're like, wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other conversation in yeah. itself. I mean, what planet are they living on? Exactly. <laughs> and then you realize that you're not, that yeah. you are just a small fraction of America. You know, right. not everyone's like Miami. Yeah. That election really made me realize that, oh my yeah. God, like, that this is a big country and uh, being in, like grown up in a city. The U.S. is so not just different. New York, Miami, and no. L.A. I know. There's a it's whole middle bad. of the country that is yeah. very yeah. vast in, in space. And, and scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's so scary. Like, yeah. I don't want to go there. It's, it's no. very isolated. And it's scary for us that we live in such a big city and we're used to constant human traffic. Yeah. And all these cars and buildings lit up at night. It, yeah. It's a very different experience yeah you know and yeah. uh, going back to uh what you're saying kyla uh about raising your kids uh growing up in an environment like that and growing up in a city is is very different mm-hmm. uh and also your parents speak to you and teach you uh certain things such as sex differently and Mm -hmm. you also have to take into account that your parents are from a previous generation Mm -hmm. so the standards and regulations and the way uh society spoke about sex is very Mm -hmm. different than Mm -hmm. than how you were growing up now right and so it is hard for parents to sometimes speak to their to their yeah because they don't they haven't been taught they have to like make it up and of course it's harder than like kind of like repeating what you saw your parents do, which comes to you like second nature, you know. When right. You, when you have and a kid, you just you know, if you're unconscious, you become your mom or your dad, whichever gender you are. It's like crazy because it happened to me. And I mean, you know, I left my country when I was 15. I, you know, clearly not because I loved it there. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very repressive, closed society. So, you know, it has great things, but it was not a place to be a teenager in. And then I became a mom and, you know, like it was uncanny. The little expressions, you know, the little like gestures. You have to be conscious. Like you have to meditate and make space between, you know, in order to raise your children. Children, I had a daughter uh, in, in a new way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. It, so if you have really a full-time is. job and you have like, you know, people like are juggling and, you know, you're keeping up the household, blah, blah. It's hard to do it. So that's how it replicates itself. So remember that, Kyla, when you have your little girl or boy. <laughs> you were saying something, Josh? Mm. No? No, sir. Okay. Yeah, and uh, that's where uh, the education system comes in because sometimes you don't you don't get that uh, that lecture from your parents, uh, so you you kind of rely on what's being taught at, in schools, the, yeah. the sexual education, and sometimes that's very erroneous, and you you get misinformed because again that education it follows a certain formula that doesn't apply to everyone. And we, we experience it differently. And so 
we kind of like get fit into this box of what sex is supposed to be and mm -hmm. what a relationship mm -hmm. is supposed to look mm -hmm. like. Again, um, Hollywood doesn't help with that. Just right. portraying nope, these ideal uh, relationships mm -hmm. or uh, romanticizing, um, you know, events mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. Right, but schools make like sex ed is when you fall asleep. Like, how could they take sex? <laughs> or you just laugh make at it everything. So yeah. boring that it, you know you sit there and you watch some movie and you're like, you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and uh, nothing. That's yeah. They're like on purpose, not making it applicable. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's because it's uh it becomes about like a one way uh, conversation between teacher and student uh teacher being the person speaking and student being the person listening mm -hmm. as opposed to having an actual conversation, conversation right. where it's yes. a back and forth and you're able to ask questions you're able to say this is wrong mm -hmm. or what about this and that's what makes uh the open conversation uh that much more knowledgeable right. that's right that kind of but also i'm sorry to say that yeah. those teachers are not like sex teachers they're just teachers who also teach sex and ed. they just have to put a they're video not on. like yeah. sexologists they don't know how to do it you yeah. know yeah it's like they take in one hour training maybe yeah so but those kind of conversations in education like the the that kind of style of teaching right having a conversation with the student i think is so important Because I've learned, like, the way college, the way that at least our College of the Arts has been set up, I've learned so much just by having a conversation in class. Mm -hmm. It makes me engage. Yeah. It makes me listen. It makes me not, like, veer off in a certain way. And right. I've learned so much more in the past four years than I've learned ever. I don't remember right. what I learned in middle school. Right. Yeah, I don't remember what I learned true. in high school. Right. So I feel like that'll also take away from, like, kids just laughing about sex. That's like, why ah, we need free college. Yes. yes. Like, Europe. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we all agree sure. on that. Yeah, it should just be part of basic education. Like you go all the way, finish your four years, then you're somebody who can like, yeah, exactly. Amen. Who can like get into the world and actually is prepared for the world. I was gonna say something earlier when he was talking about um, everything is connected. I just thought about you know if polyamorous relationships were normal, right, in, in the mm -hmm. regular world mm -hmm. and in the future. You know, a lot of parents were in polyamorous relationships in mm -hmm. their in their early days or whatnot. And then when the, they decide to have kids and their kids get into relationships or they have their first boyfriend and mm -hmm. girlfriend and sex, mm -hmm. um, like they have their first sex talk with their parents, their parents will know how to veer them in the right, right way because they have all the experiences and not just with mm -hmm. one person, kind of, sort of, for yeah. their whole life, but low-key cheating on them. Right. You know, you'll have experience with different kind of people and relationships with different kind of people. Oh, mm -hmm. I remember I was with a girl like that. You know, in my experience, this is what happened or that's what happened. Right. You'll yeah. learn how to give advice better and learn how to understand uh -huh. your child's sex life so yeah. much better. Yeah. One of the things about polyamory is that um, anybody who is involved in that type of relationship, um, they're, communi they're often great communicators because they don't want to be like, you know, how we discussed very early on. They don't want That's right, to yeah. leave anything up to chance. They yeah. don't, they'd yeah. rather, they'd rather, you know, uh, you know, see the diagram and okay, these are your bullet points. This is what I expect yeah, yeah, from yeah. you. This yeah. is what you can expect from me, you know, and, um, the fact that you're able to, to build certain relationships with this clarity and maintain this communication because, you know, in a polyamorous relationship, if there's five people, even if you're not sleeping with five people, you are in that net of people. So there has to be an open line of communication between all of you in order for you guys to, you know, to, 
to just move mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. And for sure, like when you're, you know, having a child after you're, you've been in a polyamorous relationship, being exposed to that type of exchange and understanding mm-hmm. of how relationship can be without having this, um, negative backlash from me, from society or from, from, right. you know, insecurities yeah. or yeah. from anything yeah. like yeah. that. Uh, it's, it's, you know, we're social creatures. It's, it's a thing where it's better if we're in a bigger societal net that has constant communication than if we're just a smaller group of people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've got, uh, we've got, we've said a lot. This was beautiful. Yeah. We have. Do you want to add anything? Anybody? We're good. No, it was a great conversation. Really. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. You want to say bye? Yeah. Just (laughs) one last thing. Speak yeah. sex. Yes. Thank hey, you. There you go. Thank you so much for having yeah. us. Thank you. And yes, do speak sex. Bye. Speak sex. If I could make love incessantly, I would be God. Um, Mateo um, Serna Zapata is a photo-based artist with a studio at Bakehouse. Uh, his work explores the mysteries of the human body. Uh, and he mostly collaborates with dancers uh, to create intimate dialogues between color and organic geometry of the living form and movement. <laughs> um, and he is going to have a show coming up uh, in October. The opening is October 18th at the Brockway Memorial Library, um, 1021 Northeast 2nd Avenue. So it opens Friday, October 18th. Uh, that's when the party is. There'll be a dance performance celebrating the unusual movements of the human body by some of uh, his dancers, maybe the ones we're going to hear from today. Um, and the show will run for about a month and a half until November 29th. So go check it out. Um, and uh, my dancers, our dancers today <laughs> are Kyla Thomas. She's a Miami born and raised dancer and choreographer, and she specializes in modern contemporary Commercial dance. I don't know what commercial is, but she'll tell us. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she trained at the New World School of the Arts, and she's performed dance concert works by choreographers like Robert Battle. Um, and she's exploring the world of choreography to this day. Some of her artistic interests lie also in film, directing, and breaking the fourth wall. Yay. Yes, yes. Um, and Joshua Rosado grew up in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Yes, yes. He's a 24-year-old dancer who started his training at the School for the Performing Arts in Guaynabo. Guaynabo. Gua- Guaynabo. 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 <laughs> Guaynabo. <laughs> Puerto Rico, where he began his training in musical theater, modern and jazz. And... Um, after a year-long apprenticeship 
with CODA 21? Yes, ma'am. Mm. Uh, he began uh, working toward his bachelor's in fine arts in dance at the New World uh, School of the Arts and graduated last April. Yes, ma'am. And now he's embarking on his uh, magnificent career. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, there you go. If I could make love incessantly, I would be God. 